Welcome back to the Finn Maniacs preview show. This time, Dolphins versus Jets. It's Carter and Jorge. Jorge, we were so, so wrong. <laughs> we were so, so we're wrong so about wrong. the Broncos. I want to apologize because I feel like we jinxed the team. We're like, yeah, the, the Denver Broncos are not going to uh, do anything against their defense. We're going to shut them out. Our offense is going to dominate. It's going to be a great game for George coming down. And we just jinxed it. Guys, we're sorry. We take full responsibility for this. But seriously, beat the Jets. I don't want to take full responsibility uh, because (laughs) (laughs) the Dolphins did not play well. The the one thing I will say, though, is we were pretty cocky on that last preview show. We talked about the Dolphins holding them to two field goals. We both agreed that that was yep. probable. Six points. Yep. Uh, you're in, you're out. You you, be, you beat them by 21 or something like that. And obviously it was not like that. And on a week where you could have win that, you win that game and you're tied for first place in the AFC East. Well, I mean, I also want to state we weren't the only ones that were cocky. I mean, the Dolphin social media was very cocky in the, in the week coming into, into Denver, uh, you know, mocking the Chargers, mocking teams that we've beaten already. And, Look, I'm pretty sure Brand Flores doesn't get clearance, uh, doesn't get approval uh, or veto on social media. But if he did, someone would be running laps on that social media team. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's. Uh, let's go right into yeah. headlines for this week in Dolphins land. Uh, the first headline: Miles Gaskin and Christian Wilkins should be back Sunday. I think. I think that's what's uh, I've heard. I, I think I think Wilkins is definitely going to be back. I think Ga- uh, Miles Gaskin. Should play. Ahmed was absent from practice this morning, so he might actually get the start. Uh, honestly, I'm hoping that they give Matt Breida, you know, the touches that he needs. We haven't really given him a, show, uh, a chance to show what he can do. They did it with Jordan Howard. They haven't with Matt Breida, and I think he gives you a spark on offense. Um, I totally agree. And then the uh, second headline from Dolphins Land this this week is that the world is ending. Basically, <laughs> everyone is yeah. Exploding. They have no clue Everyone's how to keep their composure out. in. Yeah. If guys, if you've read my, my, my column this week, I put it out a bit early. It's about why everyone needs to chill down. We're in year two of the rebuild. We've got a good staff. We've got resources. We've got holes to fill. No one expected us to be standing at six and four and buying for a playoff spot this year. No one had us there. So it's progress. And I understand that it was a letdown and it was disappointing to watch them lose the game, especially the way they did where I don't think the Dolphins played up to their level or the coaches coached up to their level. But come on, guys. It's it's not the end of the world. We've been through worse. Yeah, we've been through much, much worse than dropping to 6-4 yeah. and four after a five-game win streak. The, yeah, absolutely. And let's just touch right there on the Broncos game then, and then that will lead us into our initial debate for the day. Dolphins, Broncos, what was that, what was that turning point for you? Uh, why'd we lose? I'm going to say something, and and this is maybe just, just my, my point of view. When the defense picked off Drew Locke on that first drive, mm-hmm. they come rushing down, they knock down a referee. No one in the defense seems to notice that they knock down a referee, and they go out, go out and, and they looked very cocky. And then the next drive, the Broncos just slap us throughout the field. I think, I mean, we were cocky in the show. I think the Dolphins were cocky going into Denver. It was a perfect storm to beat the Dolphins. They had a very strong running game, which the Dolphins have yet to prove that they can stop. And then Tua, I mean, Tua looked like a rookie that had only played three games over a, cl- a calendar year after an injury. He looked a bit rusty. He, he seemed a bit jumpy trying to hit it 
big early on and then just missing some throws. Right. And then uh, we know what the plot twist at the end of that game was. Down 10. Yep. Uh, earlier in, early in that fourth quarter, Tua gets benched. And uh, we all think, or right away we think, okay, he got sacked uh, and he got probably, you know, that foot probably got re-aggravated. That's the reason that you're putting Fitz in at this point. Uh, after the game, Flores says, <laughs> nope, that's not what happened. I just wanted to bench him. And uh, I think that brings us to our debate then. Should Tua have been benched? What's the merits? What's the downside of that? Go. Any player that's not a quarterback is at risk of getting benched. We've seen white receivers getting benched. We've seen running backs getting benched. We've seen offensive linemen, linebackers, cornerbacks. And I understand the, the aura around the quarterback position, but it just wasn't his day. And it's, it's, no, it's no knock against him. I mean, he had been sacked six times in that game. And let's also remember what happened earlier in the day in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow was sacked once again all day long and then suffered a horrid injury that now puts his future career at risk. And I think that was in the back of, of Coach Flores' head. He knew that his, his rookie quarterback was, was getting pummeled, that Tua was holding the ball way too long. I think that pick early on that was brought back, fortunately, really stuck with him when he rolled right and Simmons picked him off. And he was just holding the ball way too long. He wasn't allowing his receivers to make plays down the field. When he tried, he would, he would sail them. It just wasn't his day. And I think it's perfectly fine to bring your quarterback out and say, hey, listen, it's not your day. Let's put Fitz out there. Let's let's see what what he's doing. Learn from it. Learn from it, the good and the bad. Just take a breather, and you're going to be the starter next week. And I think that's what Flores did. Now, I understand that in Dolphins' Twitter, pulling Tua out, the left arm of God, is unforgivable. Guys, it's, once again, his fourth game after a year of being injured, basically. So let's just let him grow. Let him learn. And honestly, I think Flores has earned our trust and earned the, the right to do what he wants, and he's been proven right. Every time, most of the time. And I'm so glad that we disagree on this. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you gave the merits, and now I'm going to tell you why. I That that was the only thing that angered me the entire game, okay? It didn't okay. anger me that the Broncos proved that they still have talent on that defense because we all knew that, okay? And it, it, it didn't bother me that Tua finally had a game where he looked like the game was a little bit too big for him. None of it really angered me until Fitz came in and started leading the team uh, once again. And the one thing I'll say about this is when Fitz was leading that final drive to tie up the game in that fourth quarter, I was praying that they lost. I wanted the Dolphins to lose that game. And the only reason was because I don't want a controversy. You know, I only want to win with with Tua at quarterback. That's not a selfish thing. That is playing for the future. That's what it is. No win is going to be valuable to this team other than a win that's directly correlated to your star player or your future. You know, Flores is always like that, though. He always tries to, like, he goes, okay, if you're not playing well, I'm putting in someone else. If if somebody's going to help us win, then, okay, I'm benching this guy, you know. But at one, at some point... You need to play for the future rather than now. And I don't give a crap about this season if Tua isn't leading us to victories. Look, I I understand your point. And I agree that by losing the game, Coach Flores dodged a bullet. That's that's fact. I'm not even going to argue against that. But, But I will say this. I think the best thing for the Dolphins' future is for Tua to be the best quarterback he can be. This is a guy that, and I want to make it very clear, this is not a knock on Tua 
knock, not a knock on his personality. I, everything I've read from the guy makes him seem great, and he seems like a great leader. But every since the moment he landed in Miami, everyone, whether it's press, uh, teammates, fans, have treated him as the second coming of Dan Marino. And I understand why that is. I think that making a player taste some adversity and some humility is never a bad thing, especially early on. Especially when the Dolphins, as a, such a young team, definitely came into this game with a cocky attitude. You saw that the, the players making a big deal of, of the pick, like if it was the first pick on the season. I think Flores, and from every statement he's made, he doesn't like that kind of thing. By benching Tua, he sent a message to the team. I don't care who you are. I don't care where we drafted you. But either you come in and you prepare and you execute to the best, or I'm going to find someone else who's going to do it. I, I know what you're coming from. You're saying, let's tr just trust flow. Let's just trust flow. And I totally uh, understand that. But it seems like it's almost a half measure. Uh, he's kind of half in on one strategy and half in on, on another. He's half in on the idea that, Okay, well, we benched Fitz because we need to find out what Tua is. And we need to find out what Tua is in the moments that count. But he's also saying, well, if, he, if Tua doesn't play well early, I have to take him out. So it's kind of half in, half out. I don't like this hot and cold from Flo, to be honest. And to be honest, the Broncos, that game wasn't over. When he got pulled, it wasn't over. That's when you need to find out what Tua is, right? Right at that moment when you're down 10 with 10 minutes left. And you get the ball back. I mean, I agree. I agree. And, and against the Cardinals, we saw what Tua can do in, in, in those situations. I think this is just one of those games where, again, Tua was holding the ball for way too long. The offensive line was not operating well. And I know the easy way is to blame Cham Gailey. I'm not going to do that, but I will say that he's called better games this season than he did against Denver. How are the Dolphins going to adapt going forward? And we got to just kind of look forward at this point. Uh, the last thing I want to just kind of on record is I, I've seen, I saw a lot of people saying like, all right, the defense was going to have a down week. And, uh, you know, they allowed a ton of rushing yards, ton of passing yards, whatever it is, <laughs> they allowed 20 points. And I think they still had a fine week. And Jorge, do you know off the top of your head, how many points we allow, uh, on average? I'm going to say it's probably between 19 and 20, 20. Yeah. They had a normal game. They had an average game. Yeah. They had the, the, the average game of a top five defense, and uh, that's why it hurts so much more. Key matchups for Jets versus Dolphins. What do you got, Jorge? So I think it's going to be the Jets' offensive line against the Dolphins' defensive line. If the Dolphins are able to apply pressure on Joe Flacco early on and sack him and, again, force him into third and 30 like the last first time around, uh, we should be okay. I think the second matchup is going to be Greg Williams against Tua, the Jets defensive coordinator. He's going to copy a lot of what Fangio did and let's see how Tua adapts. And if Tua learned from his mistakes and from his poor showing last week and comes out and trusts Devante Parker on those 50-50 balls. I mean, we've heard Tua talk about it. It's not his style, but that's the weapon that he has right now. And he's going to have to learn to, to use them. Um, and I think that the third matchup, I'm not even going to mention the Jets. It's, it's between the Dolphins, and it's figuring out what team they are. Because it's easy to, to go into a game after you've won. It's not easy to go into a game after you've been slapped around. And I understand we only gave tw 20 points, but physically, this Dolphins team was bullied last week. So it's going to be interesting to see them bounce back against a winless Jets team. If they are the team that we expect them to be, they should come out and basically force the Jets to pay the bill for last week. If they're not the team that we hope they are yet then they're going to struggle against the Jets. 
The, the thing I'll say yep. about this next matchup uh, with the Jets is this is not a trap game necessarily. This is a humiliation game. You lose this game, everything you built this season, you know, when you're hyping up Flo is coach of the year, everything goes away. And I don't think they yep. lose this game. I'm just saying it as kind of a how humiliating it would be to lose this this game is how much we should win yeah. this game by. I mean, you should win by 30. And if you're not winning by 30, the, the Jets right now average 15 points a game, which is just, it's so, so bad. And they give up 30 yeah. a game. That is the only thing I need to put out there, I think. The Jets are 28th on defense in yards against, and they are... Uh, 32nd in yards four. So I agree with you. This is one of those games where there's a lot riding on it for the Dolphins and the Jets have nothing to lose at this point. And just watching the Jets against the Chargers last week, this doesn't look like a team that's going to go winless this season for me. I think that there's enough there. They might squeak a win at some point. But God, I hope it's not against the Dolphins. Because oh as you mentioned, if, if they lose this game, if you lose this game, then the red trick... The momentum, everything is, it's the same old Dolphins. They flash for a bit, they win five early on, and they raise your hopes, and then they just come crashing down, and they cannot close the deal. But why my third matchup is between the Dolphins and the Dolphins from last week. It's that simple. Either you either you stand up and you say, yes, we're a good team, and we know how to close out this sort of teams, or we're just not a good team. Uh, I would say this is the point in the season, other than the start of the season, where you're the healthiest. You got everyone back. And uh, yeah. you got your running backs back. You, you got your defensive line back on track. This game is set to be a blowout for the Dolphins. My bold prediction for today, I'll start it out, that Tua is going to have the best game of his career. And it's not going to even be close. And I think it's going to be 300 yards plus passing. He is a mentally tough player. And I do think yep. uh, this is the game, if any, where Chan allows that allows him to be out of prison, offensive prison a little bit, if anything. And, you know, they're just going to really, really go for it. And I think it's going to be 300 yards plus. I think I think you're you're absolutely right. If Tua is the guy that we hope and that we expect him to be, he has to have a bounce back game. He has to come out and prove that he's a lot better than what he played against Denver. And that not only that, but he's going to make a statement. This is my team. You do not bench me. Perfect. And I think that's what Flores is looking for, honestly. Uh, my bold prediction is the Dolphins' defense is going to have a pick six this week. And yes. it's going to come in Nick Neaton or nickel cornerback. And <laughs> I will say this. There is a chance that we see Fitz again after this game is, is over with and the Dolphins are winning and they put in Fitz for mop-up duty. As a, and, that, and I think that would be the most florist thing to do to just basically give the finger to everyone in the media that's been criticizing him for putting him in, for benching Tua in a loss. Well, I'm going to now bench him on a win. I love that. I, I would personally love that. And I, I do I do think he would do something like that. So that'd be pretty interesting. Okay, well, uh, game uh, score prediction, and then we'll go to our final debate to end the show. Look, I, I, I don't know when's the last time that a, a, a divisional team shut out his rival twice in the same season. So I'm not going to say that we're going to shut them out. I do think that the Dolphins win by three possessions. So I'm going to say 28 to 10. 28-10. 
And you, <laughs> if we would have beat the Broncos, this would this prediction would be a little bit different for the both of us because now we feel yeah. terrible about you know the pressure <laughs> we put on this team. I personally think the Dolphins win, and I, I personally think they went big. I'm going to say it again. I'm not. It's not going to be a shutout again. There's no way it's a shutout, but uh, <laughs> something like two field goals. I really think it's something like two field goals again. Uh, 28-6, something like that. We shall see. Now, Carter, I've got a question for you. What What is your number one reason that you do not want to, to lose this game? And I'm going to give you options. You do not want to lose to the winless Jets. Right. You do not want to <laughs> lose to Adam Gase or a combination of the both. <laughs> I personally, like a lot of people hate Adam Gase, right? I see it. I personally was not one of the the ones that hated Adam Gase. He brought us to the playoffs once, and that was mm-hmm. exciting. He traded away my favorite player of all time, Jarvis Landry. That was sucky. I don't want to lose to the Jets. That's my, my answer right there. What's yours? I think mine is, I mean, I think Adam Gase's personality where he's the smartest one and everything works except the players basically executing his plays, but he's calling a great game. I would hate hate to have to deal with a victory press conference from Adam Gaze after winning his first game of the season against the Dolphins. So yeah. please, please spare me from that. <laughs> That's all I'm wishing. Okay, okay. I, I do see that uh, that nightmare, and I, I don't want that either. I want no piece of that. So then we're going to finish off this preview show, Dolphins-Jets, with a final debate of the show. And uh, do the Dolphins make the playoffs? What do you think, Jorge? I mean, I think... I think that if we were playing in the NFC East and not in the AFC East, it would be a lock at this point. Yeah, because yeah. let's be honest, that division yeah. is awful. Look, I want to say yes. Obviously, I want them to get there, but it, it's going to be a tough year. They're going to have to win out, and they're going to have to at least beat either Kansas City or, or Las Vegas for sure if, they're, if they've got any chance to make the playoffs. I mean, just beating the Jets, the Bengals, and the Patriots is not going to get you there. You're going to have to steal one away from Kansas City or, or, the, Chief, or, or, or the Raiders, and we talked about it this week. I think it's easier for this Dolphins team to steal one from the Chiefs than it is from the Raiders just based on, on personnel and, and, and game planning. You're saying yes or no? Yes, I'm going to say yes. You think they make the playoffs. Okay, so you're a little bit romantic yes. as, at this point still. I And yes. again, <laughs> we really didn't even plan our answers on this, <laughs> and we disagree once again. I, I, I don't think they make the playoffs, and I think this is almost obvious at this point uh, because 10-6 and 6 will not do it. 10 and 6 will not do yep. it this season. There are the Ravens are not going to finish below 10 and 6. I promise you that. The Browns rest their, the rest of the Browns schedule is a joke. I could go on and on. Uh, a lot of teams, there's going to be probably 5 teams at 11 and 5. What I can tell you is this. We're going to be 8 and 4 in 2 weeks. If we want if we're a team that was even going to sniff the playoffs at all, we're going to be 8-4. and four. We're going to beat the Jets. We're going to be the Joe Burrow-less Bengals. And then you're staring down the barrel of your last four games where you need to go 3-1. and one. I personally think you got to beat, right, like you said, you got to beat the Raiders or the Chiefs. I think you always think uh, that it's an easier game versus Patrick Mahomes versus, for some reason. I personally think it's the road to the playoffs then is the Raiders, the Bills, and the Pats. I don't think they win all three of those games. And that's why I think they they finish 10-6 and six and just like they just barely miss it. And I, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt, but I think that's what's going to happen. So, so now you mentioned it, let, let's see what the Bills are playing against. Because obviously there's two avenues to get to the playoffs. Either you're a divisional champion or you go in as a wild card. And I'll tell you this. I think the Bills are almost 
with even with the Broncos win, if we would have beat the Broncos last week, I still think the Bills rest of their schedule. Looking at that, I think the Bills had that locked up. But you, you, let's go over the games. So, so I, okay, Bills Chargers this week. That's a win. I'm. I think. I think it's a win. I agree. It's a Bills win. So it takes them to eight wins. Then we see them playing the 49ers in Monday night. Uh, I think Garoppolo's out for the season, right? Yep, yep. Probably a win. <laughs> okay. I think they lose to the Steelers the next week. Okay, that's fair. I think they lose to the I think they lose to the Broncos the week after that. I, I that's the one I would have to say is I I think the Broncos gave us their best game of the season, and I do not think they lose the Broncos. But I'll give you that. So let's say that's nine wins. Okay, they're at nine wins with two left. Okay. Then uh, Bill Belichick comes into town with the Patriots, which is never an easy game. But let's say the Bills win that one. They're going to beat the Broncos I, or I the they, Patriots. I think they're going to lose to either the Broncos or the Chargers. I don't think they lose both of them. Interesting. Okay, well. And then it's the Dolphins in the final week. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a good chance that that final game could decide who goes to the playoffs as the AFC is champion and who stays at home. Well, here, here's the thing. I, I've done a lot of tiebreaker uh, work with the playoff predictors and stuff like that. If it's 11-5 and five for both teams, uh, the Bills will have... They'll, they'll win the division. If it yep. is 11-5 and five and 10-6, and six, the Bills, that's the only way the Dolphins can do it. So obviously they have to, the Bills have to rattle off some losses. They have to really choke it. And then we could have a very important game to finish off that season versus the Bills. It's possible. And that, okay, that kind of ends the show, Jorge. Dolphins, <laughs> Jets, preview, Finn Maniacs. Thanks so much. And of course, we will see you next week. Have a good one, Carter. Happy Thanksgiving.